are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? What's Mike. good? How's it going? Mike. Life is what's good, up? bro. Life is good. Life is good in New Jersey this week. You know, it's Wednesday. It's our podcast day. Uh, there's bowling on. I'm watching. You know, I'm doing the podcast on one screen. I got bowling on on the other screen watching the last game of qualifying for the TOC here. Uh, life is good, Rob. What's good with you? Mike. Let me tell you what what I what we received in the mail a couple days ago. Ooh, yo, Ready? sweep the rack mail, sweep the rack actual. Yo, yo, look at that, John. Oh my goodness, Dude. sweep the rack rosin bag. Oh my goodness. And Rob, Dude. let's be clear, we're not we're not trying to sell something to the people here, right? No, no. But if you want one, let me know, and I'll tell you how much it costs. <laughs> But, dude, check it out. And I want to thank uh, Lindy's Bags. Lindy's Bags. Uh, get a grip on your game. Uh, Jeff Lindenmuth, uh, who I know is a, a, a friend of mine out of Irvine, California, does dye sublimation grip sacks, Mike. So if you want your logo or a company logo, dude, isn't that cool? Rob, can you give me some description on how that sack feels? Dude, it feels great. It's like not like your normal, like cheap. Do you remember those rosin bags where you used to throw against the wall and they used to explode? Uh, that's not what this feels like. It's very like different. It's a different type of feel. It's I can't explain it, but it's like a vinyl almost feel. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a nice feeling sack. It's a nice feeling sack, Mike. Uh, Beautiful. You know, well, if it has so our a... name on it, if it has our name on it, I would expect us to. I would expect it to be a nice feeling sack, Rob. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be all show. I'm gonna be playing with my sack, Mike. No, I understand why. I mean, it, when, you, it. when you get when you get a box of sacks in the mail, what else would you do other than play with this? You know, play with them. No, not really. And it's a logo. It's pretty cool. So. This is dope. This is dope. That's the dopest. That's the dopest grip sack I ever seen. Yeah. Uh, shout to Lindy's. Uh, shit, Lindy's bags. Yo, Lindy's bags. Rob, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, I'm watching the action. Bill just ripped his mask off. Uh oh. Bill just ripped his mask off. It's yeah, the last he's... game of qualifying. He went four seven ten. He literally ripped the mask off his face. So Dude. a lot of frustration out there. Yeah, and we'll talk a, a little bit later in the show about what's going on on the, on the tournament champions right now because I know you've been watching a lot of bowling. I've been watching a lot of bowling the last couple of days. Uh, I've been watching been, a lot of bowling. I know it's been nice bowling, actually. Rob. We'll talk a little bit, but thankfully TOC, you get to watch a lot of great bowlers. There aren't any uh, donkeys in that field, that's for sure. So uh, you know, normally when you watch the Masters of the U.S. Open. Uh, on on you know uh, flow bowling, uh, you're watching 80% donkeys and 20% people you want to watch. Tournament champions is like you know 100% people you want to watch, uh, and there are no donkeys. So we'll talk a little bit later about the good old tournament of champions this week. But Mike, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to 
you know, some drama, right? And the players. And we had a big show on Sunday. We appreciate everybody who uh, joined us and listened to our uh, inaugural live commentary <laughs> uh, show. Uh, the comments oh, are great. The sack comments are great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, sometimes it just happens. You know, you leave the door unlocked. You're playing with your grip sack. Yep. You know, and hey, just a pandemic, Mike. I mean, what can you do, you know? Yeah, I understand. So anyway, uh, yeah, so there was some drama, and, you know, we uh, – on the Players' Championship. And, Mike, the live reaction from, from me and you and that whole uh, – when, when when Dick Allen, uh, you know, spilled his water on the lane was pretty was pretty good. I, I went back and watched it, and it's just amazing to be able to watch yourself as a, you know, live like reaction to something that was kind of really out of the ordinary, right? But, uh, you know, being on social media, right, Facebook, and especially Facebook and Twitter, where all the savages are, right? Uh, pe people are criticizing like Dick Allen, and they're talking about how, you know, he did it on purpose. Uh, and he, you know, and even Dick Allen had an interesting social media post about saying, I don't know if you saw this, Mike, uh, unless he's blocked you or whatever. But he <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has me blocked on all uh, um, social he said media some, platforms. He said something, the fact we're like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I was born for 250000 so. Uh, it was something in that, in that case. Look, okay, and I'm going <laughs> to well, say listen. this, and I know what yeah, you're going to there is no chance, in my personal opinion, that he did that on purpose, okay? That he actually, in the middle of a match, in national live TV, would pretend to, you know, do this and spill water all over the approach, okay? I, I don't, there's no way, okay? So anybody criticizing him, that he did it on purpose, you know, he did it to mess Smallwood up, whatever... There's no chance that this guy did this on pur on purpose, right? And we could have a lot of beef, right, Mike? And you could, you know, we could go back and forth with him a lot, right? You know, but I, I respect Dick Allen on the lanes and what how and what he does as a player, and uh, you know, he's he's a he's a titleist, right? He's a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about him. I I he's not going to do that intentionally, okay? Um, so I don't really know. I don't really want to spend too much time on that, but I just kind of wanted to, to just kind of talk about that because I, I've seen a lot of criticism online. If I'm not out there saying that he did it purposefully, trust me, he didn't do it purposefully. Okay? Yeah. Trust me on that one. All right? Because uh, yeah. if, if there was any inkling that he did, uh, you know, uh, we both have a lot to say about it, I believe. But uh, Oh, certainly if I, I thought he did it intentionally – We'd be the and, first to say it. Yeah, and I listen. I had a couple conversations with a few PBA players uh, since Sunday, and you know, obviously, that was that was the main topic of conversation that occurrence because it's not something that you have we've really ever seen before. Uh, so, and and the overall resounding opinion, Rob, was that there's no way that any PBA player would do something like that on purpose. I mean, there, the, the, you know, one, one guy did say to me, yeah, there might be a, a handful, a small handful of guys that, that, I, that if that happened, I might 
be able to convince that, that that they did that they pulled a stunt like that. But I mean, you got to really have real disrespect for the game to do something of that nature, you know. But let's be clear though, Rob, that that incident did affect Tom Smallwood. He took the high road, you know, on social media. Somebody actually read his post uh, while we were on the air. Your brother read his post while we were on the air, and uh, he took the high road. Credit to him. That's what these guys are going to do. Um, but it affected him. I mean, whether whether he blames that himself or not for his his collapse afterwards, that was a collapse. I mean that that was one of the you know more shocking collapses we've seen uh, in in a, in a match of that magnitude. Okay, in in quite a long time. Uh, he comes out, he rolls the ball over the thumb hole, Rob. I mean, the, the thing that we talked to him about the previous show when he was on was, you know, his, his, uh, his full role. And we talked to him about how that, you know, impacts his game and whether that has allowed him to stay competitive over these years, et cetera, and in the environment that he's in. Uh, and here it actually turns out to be, be somewhat of a curse with that shot that started the, uh, started the downfall. Yeah, I feel like I kind of cursed him talking about how he was, uh, you know, Freddie for the cheddar and how he was one of the most clutch players on tour. Uh, and I just kind of feel like I gave him a little bit of a mush there. But, uh, you know, it did affect the match. Look, call spade a spade. That water got spilled in the exact perfect time for Dick Allen in the match. I think he was down 20. Smallwood was on a string, and Smallwood was getting up, and they had to go to a, a unplanned commercial break. You know, which commercial break? Look, I've never bowled live on TV before, but commercial breaks are are tough to deal with if you're a bowl, a, bowl, a player. And they always talk about it. Randy Peterson always talks about how hard it is to get up after a commercial break and throw a great shot. Forget a commercial uh, break. There was a spill. There was a, a spill, spill and in a an area break. that they had to walk through. Like we all know right. what it's like to, even if you don't get it on your shoe, to just have to mentally deal with walking past that area and having that thought in your head of it's not totally dry and there probably is something on my shoe or I'm going to stick when I go full out here. And then, you know, listen, come on, we've all been there. Like no one's going to sit here and tell me that that, no. doesn't, that doesn't affect things. Yeah, we're going to get there, Jimmy, right? That's uh, a... Yeah. That's so Jimmy from the Ring Ten says Smalls is leading the TOC out of spite for how the players went. He's not. Uh, he's yeah. not leading the TOC. Yeah. He's yeah. he's he's putting on a clinic at the TOC. He is. Okay. Uh, Frank Diddy. Uh, I like that last name. Diddy. Uh. Uh. Diddy. Uh. Is insane to, uh, to see people making those kind of comments. The spill affected him as well. Frank, if you know anything about the internet, people are insane what they write on the no, internet. No, anything comments. about bowlers. I mean. Frank, people are trying to tell me that uh, the lanes are easy. You know, it's a house shot uh, that they're bowling. I mean, listen, people, the, the general public really has very little uh, idea of of, uh, of what's going on out there. But, Rob, that's why we're here. That's why Sweet the Rack is here. We're like the middleman between the the uh, the uninformed bowler and and the uh, elite level bowler. You know, I don't know. I I sometimes can't deal with the uninformed bowler. I'll be honest with you. I hear uh, you. All right, let's let let's let's uh, let's move on on our topic here because uh, I don't want to get stuck talking uh, you know about the same thing. Uh, one of the things that we didn't get to talk about Sunday, Rob, um, 
that uh, we we should probably bring up, and I found interesting. I saw it during the show. We just didn't really talk about it on our live feed for Sunday. Was the uh, sponsors, a couple new sponsors, uh, noticeable in the background of the PBA show on Sunday, and that was Snickers and Kia, right? So I, I want to say, right, like we talked about this off air, right? And, and, I mean, we prepare for the show, so obviously like we're, we're going to mention some of the things we're going to talk about, and we both had the same thought on this, uh, so I'll put it out there on, on both of our behalf. And first, shout to the PBA, okay? Shout, shout to Coley and her team for getting some new, well-recognizable sponsors, logos on the PBA Tour shows, okay? Well-needed. We've talked about it here. I love seeing it. I'm going to encourage every single person that watches this podcast that bowls, go out, buy Snickers. If you're looking for a car, at least go to a Kia dealership, and I'm going to tell you something. Tell them that you went there because they sponsored the PBA. You know, like in, as a grassroots effort to support the the companies that that support the sport that we love and want to see do well. So, Rob, first shout to them, right? Because we don't, I, I don't want anybody going on Twitter and saying, "Oh, these guys bash them no matter what." Listen, I call a spade a spade. Nice job. It's great to see that. Here's the question to me, though, Rob, and I, I'm only asking this question in fairness, right? And and honestly, this is one of the one example where I wish. We did have access to to the powers that be at the PBA still. We did at one time. I don't really feel like we do now. But uh, one one question that I would love to ask, and I think this is a key question here, uh, is is what is you know, what are the specific terms of these sponsorship deals, or what is the PBA getting out of these sponsorship deals? How long are these sponsorship deals for? Right. These are some of the questions that I or, or things that I would love to see kind of released publicly to a degree so that we, the fan, can have a, a greater idea of what the level of commitment is on those companies and what the impact might be for the PBA in general. Question, though, do other do other companies, and I mean like sports, yes. like golf yes. or NASCAR, do they yes. release the details of the sponsorships? Yeah, I think they do in some instances. I believe that they do, yeah. I mean, I don't, know I, don't, I don't know if they give the specifics, but they'll say, you know, we contributed a million dollars to this particular event or, uh, you know, I'm sure it, there's there's probably certain um, there's probably certain already determined levels of sponsorship in certain sports. But I would bring up an example like stadium sponsorship deals. OK, uh, you know, those those get the details get discussed. Uh Rob, Jeff, Jeff Lindemuth in the chat. Yo, saying what's hey, up, Jeff? Shout thank out. you, man. Yo, those are awesome. Those are awesome. We appreciate it. Lindy's bags, uh, yo, these rosin bags are the. I'm just sitting here playing with my sock. It's been great. Je Jeff uh, is is going to be considered uh, sweep the rack fam, uh, and and our first unofficial sponsor, Rob. We don't want to we don't want to get him in trouble by attaching his name to any crazy shit we say. So not an official sponsor. But friend of the show and unofficial sponsor for sure, Sweet the Rack. Uh, first one, Jeff. So you you have that great distinction. But uh, Rob, back back to speaking of sponsors, sponsorship, right? Uh, back to that issue uh, of the, the sponsorships for the PBA. I would just like to know the information, Rob. That's all. I, I, I whether it can be released, not released, whatever. It's general. It's the. It's not. I I want to know. You know. I I want to have some indication of that. Yeah, I mean. 
I, I would love to see it. And right, like, first off, good point. You don't have to, like, I don't know, go to Snickers. and t But you know what? There's social media. Sun I'm sure Snickers has a social media, right? Tweet yourself eating a candy bar, right? Hey, thanks for, for giving a shout out to the PBA. Uh, you know that if enough people do it, word gets back like, hey, look, like we're getting a lot of hits on social media because we're, we're sponsoring the PBA. Uh, Kia, you know, look like Kia's a good car. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a Kia, but I've driven one. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point, though, on uh, supporting uh, the sponsors, right? Because we, we, we want them to stay and we want them to to give more money, ultimately, to have more $250,000 live shows, right? Where everybody was all excited about it. They could, the PBA could manage to do that three or four times a year instead of just once every, like, you know, 10 years, uh, it would be, you know, it would be amazing. You'd see a lot more, you'd see a lot of bowlers start coming out of retirement, right? Um, with that being said, what, what are the, like, specifics behind the sponsorships? Mike, did Snickers give them a $500 check and a, a year a year supply of candy bars to Coley and, and now they're the sponsor? Because if that's the case, shit, I'll, I'll give Coley $500 right now to get a Sweep the Rack logo on the back of uh, the, that digital-looking stupid board that they have and the bowlers are bowling. Imagine, I like, that. I imagine like the board. Mike, imagine my, yours and mine picture just hovering across the back while they're bowling. Could Ooh. you imagine? Coley would be steaming mad if, if if we were you know a, but a that's, sponsor. that's what i'm saying rob i want to know i want to have right. an idea of what the significance is and what the yeah how much what, what did they do or what was the years what was the you know are they going to back a tournament is it going to be a uh uh you know what is snickers logo like what is their motto it's like uh you are hungry or 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 why wait or is something like that i don't know but are they going to have a snickers like I don't know. Tournament is going to be a Kia tournament, or did they not give that much money? So, mm. Justin, um, Zig Justin Ziegler. Oh, with my the guy Ziegler. Acute comment, acute comment in the uh, in the chat. PBA's website is a disgrace, yo. It really dude. is. Oh, so Justin Ziegler, what's up, man? Shouts, dude. The, 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 you can't find the scores. Nothing's there. It's dude. you know, come on, like, the please. All right, tough, let's let, Rob. You know. Yeah, I want to. I want to wrap up our discussion of the players' championship yep. here. Uh, we haven't talked about the man of the hour, Rob. Uh, you know, we went live on Sunday. Uh, Kyle Troop won the tournament. He wins his first major. Wins the two hundred and fifty grand. Uh, obviously, these guys are bowling tonight, so we, you know, I, I, we reached out to him. Uh, we, we hope to have him on in the near future uh, as soon as possible. Uh, but with their travel schedules and bowling schedules, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to do our best to work it out. Uh, but listen, man, Kyle Troop was the man of the hour on Sunday. You know, uh, he he did what needed to be done. Uh, he made the adjustments that needed to be made. His level of focus was impressive, uh, especially uh, towards the end of the game for the shots that mattered. Uh, Bill commented on Twitter that the last five or six shots that Kyle threw were just excellent, and and I agreed with that, uh, and and yeah, really, I, I I just don't want this wrap up of the players' championship to go by without us really giving giving him his uh, his just due because he he deserves it for that performance. 
Yeah, there was a quote too that went out, uh, and not sure if it was said on the show because obviously we were doing some commentary. Just, okay. just one the, second, Rob. Sean Maldonado, last game of qualifying, TOC three hundred. I don't know where he is. I have no idea because the PBA, uh, you know, the scores are like nearly impossible to find. But three hundred, the last game of qualifying here. Belmonte going two seventy nine, last game of qualifying here. First one in the tenth. He just got. Uh, so, so interesting developments here, uh, but go ahead. Sorry, Rob. No, it's cool. Uh, appreciate the live update. Uh, you're like the, uh, what was I going to say? You're like the, the Dan Roker of, uh, Dan Rather of, of the PBA. Um, Kyle had a very interesting quote where he said, I went from sideshow Bob to main event Kyle. And I, I, I really found that quote interesting because Rewind a couple years ago. I was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't know a lot about competitive bowling, but used to bowl kind of deal. And uh, I had a talk, a conversation with him, and he's just like, "Well, who the who the the, the good you know the the big personalities these days?" And I'm like, "Oh, Kyle Troop. You know who that is? You know?" He's like, "Oh, is that that kid who dresses like a clown and has a fro?" And I'm just like, "Yeah." He's like, "What a joke he is. It makes bowling as a joke." And he started kind of really getting down. And this kid is just one of those casual fans. Uh, and he's like, just was really down on Kyle just because of how he dressed and his hair and thought that, you know, he was making a joke of bowling, called him a clown a few times. And I just said, you know, look, that's his personality. His dad, you know, dressed really loudly and he kind of passed that tradition on. Uh, I feel like Kyle got that a lot probably before really of him really being a well-known pro a tour pro i'm sure he got a lot of criticism online especially from the old like traditionalists uh you know maybe because of the hair because of the the way he dresses uh and this was him coming out and saying who's laughing now you know what i mean almost reminds me of that scene of rocky balboa uh where he was an old rocky and after the second round, his son comes and says, everyone thought this was a joke, including me. <laughs> now nobody's laughing. And I kind of feel like that quote kind of, I got chills just saying that because, dude, my man Kyle is focused. He's practicing. He's having a great TOC right now. I think he's in the top five or six. Uh, and, yo, he's the future of the PBA. Like him, him, Simonson, you know, like Prather. But like, He's the most charismatic uh, personality. He's fun. He's intense. He talks, you know, a little bit of shit, you know, especially in that final match, you know, when he needed to. And I feel like, dude, he's here to stay. And he's going he's gonna to make a, a run for player of the year. If it's not this year, it, it, it's definitely going to be in the next, like, three years. He's just got to get over that Belmo hump. Um uh, update here, Rob. Uh, the PBA has actually added an easy to find link to the scores on their website. Dude, Holy I love shit. it. Pe Holy people shit. are giving them a lot of shit. I am blown away because of it. Holy yeah, pe oh, people listen, are giving them a lot of shit. Rob, Rob, Rob. It's not let just me, us. Rob, Rob, let me say something, Rob. Okay. And I'm, you know, listen, people, I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, all right? On Sunday after Kyle Troop won, I sent out a tweet to Wendy's saying, Hey, Wendy's, one of your former managers just won a PBA major title 
and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of cheese. Okay, you see what I did there? I put that on Twitter, right? I sent it out. Guess who liked the tweet, Rob? Wendy. No. Well, that would have been better. That actually would have been a lot better. Dave Thomas. That would have been better too. But no, actually, it was Coley Edison who liked the tweet. Okay. Oh. So you know, listen. I mean. You know, I know that we're here clowning around, and like to me and you, this is not something that's very serious. But Rob, let's be clear: like you and I do put a lot of time and conversation into the ideas that we bring to this show in terms of like, uh, you know, ideas that we have for bowling, right? Yeah. So, so when we when we say on Twitter like, hey, you know, this is ridiculous that you can't easily find the scores. I'm I'm glad to see they're listening. I'm glad yeah. I'm giving them credit for being willing to listen and make an adjustment. Uh, so the scores are up there back to Kyle Troop for a second, Rob. I think everything you said was spot on. I'll be honest. I kind of viewed Kyle Troop that way when he first came out and was competing on tour myself. Uh, I had never heard of him before. I had never heard of him in terms of bowling, college bowling, amateur bowling. Okay. Um, had never heard of her, had never heard of him at that time. Okay. Uh, didn't really think much of his game when he first came out. I kind of thought, ah, oh, this is another guy who's like picked up the two-handed style. He's making a run at it, you know, uh, so be it, okay? I pay attention to the way that these guys throw the ball, and I'll tell you that over the last 10 years, there might not be another player on tour who's made more changes to their game than Kyle Troop, okay? Uh all you have to do is go back and look at his first tour title. Okay? Go back and watch the video. Uh, it was, I think it was the Wolf Open or the Cheetah Open. It was, it was a short pattern. I remember that. And he was bowling with motive at the time. And, I mean, you know, it was, it, it, it was just power. It was just speed and repetition. And that's really what, what his game boiled down to. And now my man is, is, is getting it. Like he, he's understanding it out there. You know, he's, he's really opening up the ability to do different things to and with the bowling ball. Uh, and it shows, it shows, and it shows in the fact that he won this event. So shout to him, uh, Rob, like we said, uh, I'm, I, you know, we, we anticipate having him on in the near future. Uh, but you know, like you said, Rob, uh, players championship is now a week behind us and, uh, and we're in the TOC. So, uh, Rob, are we going to keep it moving for the people here or what? Yeah, dude, it's going to be uh, – we're going to talk a little bit uh, tournament champions right now. Because <laughs> I am. Like, because I am. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff so, Pierce has his 2015 PBA Wolf Open. All right, TOC, Rob. TOC, where you want to go? Where you want to start? Uh, let's talk let's Kyle, Kyle Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh, yo. Dude, Shout to Kyle start. Sherman. I've done you know, mad dumb stuff Kyle in my Sherman. life. Kyle Sherman. Okay. Uh, he did it to himself, okay? Nobody should be really, like, angry or upset or i don't really know what it is look the guy drove 17 hours to florida and was there for three days according to the blog or vlog or whatever he put up on his youtube channel 
And that, so I guess what happened was uh, he never entered the tournament. And then uh, I, I, I don't know his first name, but it like Weber or Steve Weber or, or someone for the PBA walked over to him and says, hey, you're not bowling. And he goes, what? He goes, you're not entered. I said, oh, shit, he didn't, he, didn't enter the, he didn't enter the tournament. He failed to, like, register. So he drove all the way there, you know, spent the travel money, right, thought he was bowling. And, I mean, you got to feel bad for him in a certain extent because this is his career and his livelihood, right? Like, I'm not going to come down on him. Because he did it to himself. This is bad week too, Rob. Bad week. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars for thirteenth place this week. Bad I know. Week. Bad week, dude. dude. Uh, forget the register. I mean, but Mike, though, and the and the criticism of it, though, Mike, you have one job. You enter the tournament and you book your travel expenses and you go bowl. You know, like, I mean, you have a real job. I have a real job. I mean, I do a hundred things at once, and I have a things to do list, and 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 I and I have to get through it, right? You're the same way. You have a thousand things you need to do, right? In your real in your daily job, you have one job to enter a tournament. You go to the website, you enter your information, you put your credit card, you press register. Mike, I registered for the tat. That's in July. It's February. Like I'm not saying I'm not. It's not. But he. How do you forget? I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen, he's oh, a busy guy, you know. They have the social media thing going on, and I'm sure they're very busy. You know, Rob, these pro, pro professional bowlers, they some of them have mentioned it to us before that, you know, they handle a lot of their own, you know, business in, in that fashion. So, like, I'll be honest, at a certain point, it's got to get daunting in terms of trying to put things together and make sure that all the all the things on your to-do list are checked off. But, Rob, can I say this? Can I point out? Uh, that there are, I'll be honest, I don't know everybody that made it through the PTQ, right? So I might be wrong on some of these. I'm just going by my off the top of the head knowledge here. But there's a few guys who are taking advantage of uh, Kyle or uh, Kyle Sherman's mistake of not registering. Uh, guys that, uh, you know, probably got in through the PTQ, like I said, just going off the top of my head here that are taking advantage. I mean, Nick Pate, 13th, Brandon Novak, 14th. This is with a game to go. Uh, Michael Davidson, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, Rob, 20th place. Chris Polizzi, I've never really heard that name before, from Spring Hill, Florida, 22nd, uh, with a game to go. Trevor Roberts, Rob, who we had on the show, one of the young bulls a few weeks ago, uh, 25th place with a game to go. So, wow. so you know, listen, I mean, Kyle, Kyle Sherman's mistake could be somebody else's big check here, Rob, uh, because 13th place is 10 grand. Uh, you know, this I is a huge, him, huge paying tournament. Bad. And, you know, listen, that's, that's kind of the way things go. I mean, you, you, you got to make sure you take care of those things. All right, Rob, you wanted to talk about Kyle Sherman. I want to talk about the scoring pace of this tournament. Okay. Yeah. So I, I put out a tweet yesterday saying that, the average house bowler, the average two thirty or a two thirty house bowler, most two thirty house bowlers would probably average one eighty on this tournament of champions pattern, and I thought that was that was on the higher end of the scale. Okay. Uh, well, 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 real quick, let me let me interject here. The reason why that is is 
one, they're bowling on different pairs, right? In your regular house league, you bowl only one pair for three games. These guys are bowling six games on six different pairs. Every pair they're moving, they have to adjust. League bowlers or, or, or house league bowlers normally don't have the, you know, uh, the I don't know the 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 intelligence to know where to make a move, how to adjust balls to 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 switch to. So you know, it might be easy for you to bowl two thirty or average two thirty on a house shot for three games on the same pair in the same bowling center for. 20 years but when you go to a different bowling center with different you know oil different you know crosses and you're bowling around the best in the world your 230 easily comes to a 2-0 real quick you know to a comes to 180. i mean i i, I yeah. have a couple points to make here jimmy is pointing out that my tweet got retweeted by belmo and then i tweeted out that i kind of feel like belmo's bowling's oprah where like anything, <laughs> anything he tweets out or likes yeah. or retweets, like it's automatically an explosion. I'm getting followers. I'm having people comment, like, and all that. So, and and listen, I feel very strongly about this too. I do. I was trying to like keep things civil on Twitter and not like get into calling people dopes and idiots, uh, like my favorite Philadelphia sports talk radio host. But people do not understand how good these guys are. People do not understand how high their standard is of what a good shot is or what a bad shot is. Okay, People do not understand how low the standard is of, the, of, of most, the vast majority of house bowlers, I don't care what their average, of how low their standard is of what a good or bad shot is. Okay? I understand that the scores are high. I get it. Okay. I understand that someone shooting 868 is is remarkable. It's remarkable. But Rob, we've had Norm Duke on this show, and, and this is back in the late 90s, where he shot 900 at, at a PBA in, in a qualifying event with a break in between, with a break in between the second and third 300. Okay. So, like, when here's my point. Okay. When you give guys that are this good, anything you give them anything they're going to eat your they are going to eat it alive okay not all of them not all guys take a look at the scores this week i said this this is somebody on twitter aj johnson through the first day was averaging 2-0 this is one of the best bowlers in the world he will eat your shit for lunch okay and he's averaging 2-0 right well mike if you the, just let, let me let me finish my rant, please. Let me finish my rant. If you think that they're easy, you are you really have no clue how good these guys are. Now, with that said, are they easy for the PBA tour? Of course they are. Of course, of course, this is an easy condition for the standard of the PBA tour. No one would deny that. There's average records being set. People are shooting 868. Players are shooting multiple 300s. I get that. But please understand the difference in the standard. What is easy for the PBA Tour is still nearly impossible to even some of the most accomplished league players out there. All right? And if you don't understand that, you need to go and bowl on some of this shit yourself and find out how hard it is. Okay? 
because it, it, it's really the truth. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Now, first, first off, they won't go in bowl uh, because then they're two thirty and they're going around saying that they're the house pro and they have you know hundred you know honor scores and then when they go average one seventy five, they're embarrassed and they don't want to face that music, right? So they just sit in their hometown in their home bowling center and they, they average their 230 and that's fine, right? That's what they want to do. But don't criticize people or don't criticize the touring pros for, you know, being good when, you know, you're just, you know, in your comfort zone and you don't want to challenge yourself as, as, as a bowler, okay? Let me talk about my personal experience, okay? Bowling with these guys, okay? I bowled the World Series of Bowling for years okay when it was at the south uh, point not the stadium at the south point okay let me tell you about one year i bowled uh it was probably after three games i shot like 655 for three games mike i bowled well too i threw the ball great had a great reaction like you know 650 thought i was pretty good right i'm sitting there like man i should be at least in the top like 25 out of like the 140 entries right or top 50 Score the lanes seemed like they were tough, right? I look at the scores. Sean Rash, 800. Belmonte, 790. 780, 760, 750, 50, 40, 30. I'm like in like 50, 60th place in 650. Mike, dude, I thought I threw a ball great. And they weren't hard. They weren't easy. And they weren't that hard either. They were playable. But it took a lot out of me to bowl 650, 660. And here, Sean Rash bowling 800, like in Belmont bowl 800. And I said to somebody, I said, I didn't have 800. I could have thrown four games and I probably wouldn't have had 800. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good these people are. Unless you go and you experience and bowling with these guys. I crossed with West Malat for five days. He kicked the shit out of me, Mike, for five days. The guy was standing two arrows left of me. He was throwing it two arrows right of me. And he was out averaging me by like 20 pins every day. I was averaging 205, 210. He's averaging 230 like it's nothing. Had the whole lane made it seem easy. Okay? Until you get out there and you mix it up with these guys and you really understand how good a West Malat is or a Sean Rash is and you bowl against them, you know, you don't really know. And that's the thing is they'll never know. They'll just sit home and criticize you know, that their scores are easy and the lanes are walled, but uh, I think you make and, a good and point. And Jeff, though. you know, I see your comment there. And listen, like, uh, I, have to, I have to, uh I have to disagree there. What was this there. comment? Put it up. You got to. I don't. I can't put it up. I don't. I told you I'm not, oh. I'm not logged in, so I don't have access. Uh, no, not Jeff Pierce. Sorry, Jeff. Linda oh. Mute. The, the one about the house bowlers. Yeah. House bowlers don't have the advantage ball rep and drilling a lot of balls. Listen, Jeff, I'll give the house bowler whatever they want. Okay, it ain't going to make a difference in the world. Put up Frank Diddy's comment as well here, Rob. He says, uh, you know, about Walter Ray's standard, right? He missed a half a half a board left. And listen, when I say give these guys anything, see, see that to me, that's what the that's what bowling on easy shit all the time makes you lose track of. There's like fifty different things that can go wrong with any given bowling shot. Okay, and in order to execute on what these guys are bowling on, all fifty of those things have to go, be right every time to strike. Okay, not not perfect, but they need to be close to the same. All right, the the standard of deviation on something easy is just so out of whack that it's ridiculous. Okay, it's crazy. So that's that's really what people uh, don't get. 
All right. Uh, I, I and, and Chris, you know, I see the comment about how, uh, you know, th- th- let's this, read it. This I should people be people listening to this. These I, conditions I, are hard. Chris Lutz, these conditions are hard to house league bowlers, but this is the TOC. House bowlers don't compete here. The TOC should be played on a shot that's difficult for poor bowlers, not easy for Reed for them. It's, a, it's a fair point. It's Agreed. a fair point. Agreed. But guess what, Mike? So here's my next point, Mike. Is this is this the new yes. Coley yes. Bolero bowling? Yes. PB- Jimmy uh, just asked it. Jimmy just asked it. Yes, it is. And listen, it can't, you know, come Dude, on. Jeff, let me say this. Irvine is not easy. Okay. I've bowled on some easy house shots. Forget that place, dude. That place is like bowling global 24 hours a day. The air conditioning doesn't work. Don't get me started on Irvine Lane. $7 and uh, a game. Don't get me started on that, please. I was having a good day until you made that comment. Um, PJ Haggerty, our, our boy Sam, the Sam Rothstein. Hope you had a good golf, golf score on Sunday there, PJ. Won't, won't make a difference over 24 games. The amateurs can hang for a few, but they will crush, get crushed over 24 games. PJ, you're, you're a regional player of the year. He's great. He's great. He's a junior bowling legend. Okay. Dude, well, DJ almost he's, made the show for the regional players. I know. He's, he's, he, I think he's like the only person to win Junior Olympic gold twice. Okay. Yo, and if like, he's saying like, um, that, that they're like, that he's good, got, take his word. They're, they're that good. They're that good. He bowled with them. No as one well. understands. Okay. I mean, you know, you but know. don't get me started on like why they're so good in compared to the amateurs and the regional like players that aren't that good. Why are the levels? So offset, Mike. And don't get me started on this point because I could talk for another hour on this. But you don't want to know why someone like a Bill O'Neill, a Jason Belmonte, a Sean Rash, uh, these EJ Tackett, why these guys are on a different level than let's just say the regional players and the house bowlers? Because there's no outlet for a guy, an amateur or a lower regional player to get to that level. The only really way to do it is to quit your job have a lot of money behind you and bull everything you can every weekend, travel the world, Dom Barrett, Stu Williams, Jesper Svensson. You know what these guys do? They travel the world and they bull. Now ask me how they did it. I don't know. Maybe they had some, you know, I know how Bill O'Neill did it. Bill, Bill didn't come from a lot of money. Bill's family, he didn't have a lot of money. Bill's one of the bowlers that bowled his way onto tour. He made his money in amateurs bowling, took the money, parlayed it to the tour, and was just damn good enough to do that. There aren't a lot of players that could say they've done that the way he, Bill has done it. Other guys, I don't know. Maybe they have financial backing. They just go. I see a guy like Nathan Bohr bowling all the time, right? And he he never makes a show. How, how is he bowling everything? I, I don't know. You know, maybe he's got a pro shot. Maybe he's got a side job. But you have to the, – the cards have to line up, right? They never really lined up for me. I was never able to really get a job that fo- – I was fortunate enough where I could travel, bowl, and still have an income, right? Mike, it's a whole nother topic. I love talking about that because there's a little bit of a personal passion for me because I feel like the, the PBA doesn't really help out bowlers – uh, when it comes to their regional program to get to that level, like you just have to do, you have to really just quit your job, quit everything you're doing and just go bowl. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta have something in the industry that allows you to bowl while you're doing that job, making money on the side, which is exactly what a lot of these guys do. And it's, it's right. a, that describes a lot of their a lot of their situations. Uh, Rob, can you put up the comment from Austin Keith, please? I want to read that one. He wanted us. He wanted to ask us something here. Sure. This is our our interactive show. Uh, totally random. This is Austin's comment. What up, Austin? Totally random, but is bowling the only sport where we focus on the equipment more than the actual skill of the athlete? I've been thinking about this point. for the last few weeks and wanted both of your thoughts. Uh, Rob shaking his head yes. I'm going to say no. Yes. I think it's a pretty obvious no. Yes, um, yes it's an you know, obvious think yes. About, think about golf. Uh, I hear and I read a lot about the uh, impact of equipment in golf. Um, think about baseball, okay? Even as recently as the last couple of years, there's been talk of juiced balls having something to do with the number of home runs, okay? Uh, you can think of football. I mean, you know, the Patriots and had a whole controversy over equipment Mike, and you know, whether not, the balls were inflated or not. No, you're not understanding the question. Look, okay? What is the first, what is the first thing somebody does when they bowl great, Mike? What do they do when they get home? They post on they Facebook. Get, and what do they post on Facebook? What ball they were using. What ball they were using. This is the greatest ball I've ever used. Go drill seven of them. Go get you some, right? How many bowlers, Mike, I'm probably the only one this year that has done it, okay? Had a great tournament. What did I do? I posted on social media. I threw the ball great. It didn't matter what ball I used. I executed and I scored, right? Reason why is because I'm not sponsored by anybody right now. So I'm not going to like give that credit. But if somebody bowls great, the first thing anybody wants to know is, well, what ball did you throw? Right? Nobody asks you, well, how did you throw it good or how'd you throw it? Nobody asked that question. Mike, when, you know, when I bowl good and people found out I made the cut in that, you know, the tat, they asked me, well, what ball were you throwing? They didn't ask me, how, how'd you throw it? Were you throwing it good? Right? I feel like bowling is a lot based on what the equipment now is doing instead of how actually people are throwing the ball, how you execute it, because everybody wants to please the bowling ball companies so much because the bowling ball put up, companies put put up put up John Stevenson's uh, comment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, issue John Stevenson's comment is the issue is the ball companies control everything. He's right. That's it. I mean, you 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 want your answer there. Uh, you want your answer, Austin? That's that's your answer. Okay, that is, and that's it is. The truth. That's the truth. Uh, Rob, breaking news here. Okay, okay. Uh, top twenty-four for the tournament of champions is set. Would you like to hear it? No, yeah, I don't want you to run. You gonna run, you want to run that? Oh, I'm running down the whole thing. I'm running down the whole thing. Yes, I am. All right. Let me let me play. I'm gonna play on my sack. My Lindy's uh, bag sack. Tom Smallwood. All right. Uh, fifty-eight sixty-four. Belmonte, I'm just, I'm just doing the top two, Rob. Relax, okay? Smallwood had a huge lead here. That lead has been cut. Uh, that lead has been cut to about 120 pins, 118 pins, it looks like. Uh, Belmonte, no shocker, in second. Here we go. Here's the rest of the list. Wow, this is, this is quite the start to this list, Rob. Are you ready? Tom Smallwood, Jason Belmonte, Chris Prather, Anthony Simonson, Jesper Svensson. Whew. That's the top five. Are you ready? Sean Rash. Sean Rash. Uh, well, you know where this is going. Sean Rash, Kyle Troop, Tom Darty, Wes Malott, Jake Peters. Surprise there. Shout Jake to Peters. Jake Peters. Dr. PJ Peter. Moore, 
Francois the Assassin, Brandon Novak, shout to him too, Nick Pate, Christian Azcona, recent guest, Jacob Buttriff, right. Bill O'Neill, okay, our homie. Is yeah, boy, Bill. Nice bowling, Bill. Rich, Richie Teese, Tommy Jones, Dick Allen, Michael Davidson, Young Bull, Rob, Young Bull. Uh, like Michael Nick, Davidson, Nick, man, cool run. guy. Uh, and he, throw, he throws it great, too. Andrew Anderson, 868 the other day, making the cut. Sean Maldonado and Rob Youngbull had him on the show. Trevor Roberts. Roberts. Scraping in, 24th spot. Uh, that That's that's a hell of a top 24, I think. That is. A lot of two-handers and a lot of left-to-right players, Mike. Yeah. That's why it's incredible where someone like – Two-handed dominance, Rob. Jake Peters, shout-out, man. That's not his. That's not your A game. Right? We know that. So him for him to make it is pretty good. If you notice anybody that was straight or had a straight angle up the lane didn't make it. Norm Duke, Chris Barnes, dude Walter Ray, those guys are straight players and they were dead because of the of the just you had to be real left to right on that. Uh anyway, uh Rob, here's my final comment on the TOC thus far. Uh you made fun of me uh on Twitter today. Oh, uh, because I was watching uh, Flow, and I commented. How, I was commenting on things I was hearing in the background. Like, if you watch Flow and you watch a pair that doesn't have the commentary on it, you can kind of you can sometimes hear the players talking, commenting on things in the back as they, you know, or, or in between shots. And I was hearing a lot today because I had my AirPods in as I was listening, and uh, I, you know, you made fun of me for even listening to it. Period. Then when I told you I listened to it, even if there's no commentary on, you were like, "Yo, you have a problem." But let let me say something. I am more convinced than ever that they should mic up the players. They should let them say whatever they want, and they should find a way to to use that in a weekly segment on the show. Okay, because it is gold. It. I mean, some of the stuff that today. Tom Darty starts out the first block. I think he goes like double and then almost picks three. He ended up getting seven, but he almost picked three. He came back and I think he 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 dropped an f bomb in the middle of saying something like, "Yeah, way to stay consistent, way to stay consistent," and like it, like stuff like that to me is just gold. Barnes was on fire today. Barnes was on fire today. Okay. Uh, yeah, Norm Duke was talking about joke was joking about taking HGH today on his pair. Well, here's the thing: is bombs, Jeff. I know, but like, was- listen, that kind of stuff, Jeff. Honestly, goes viral. That kind of stuff gets attention. Look at look at some of the videos that have come out from golf recently. When fans haven't been there, you've heard some players have explosions and kind of get into it. Same thing in in, in football. You know, you watch inside the NFL, you hear that inside action. I want to see the same thing in bowling. I want to let these guys loosen up a little bit. Rob, the personality is there. It is. They, you know, just got to let it come out, man. Yeah, they just don't. The, if the players knew they were mic'd, they wouldn't probably be as animated. But if they tell knew everybody, everybody could be yourself. That. Be yourself. We'll worry about that afterwards. They don't. You know, you know that's the problem. Edit it in a in a way that's not going to make you uh, look terrible. You know. I know, but that's the problem. Is they don't. Want them to be themselves, Jimmy. I, I know we don't know how bowlers. Jimmy, are. the ring from the ring and ten is saying it's worth listening to the bowlers talking. I one hundred percent agree, Jimmy. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't listen to flow with the volume on. Uh, let alone if I'm on the flow zone or not. You know, I I'm, I I'll listen to music or I'll, I'll do something else. Uh, while a lot I'm of uh, a lot of changes going on there, flow, Rob. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, what's his name? Is not um, a couple people not in the announced boost anymore, and mm. you know, I hope it. I hope it's changed for the good, Mike. Hope to get some more cameras. I noticed that they now at least I get to see some names when I see the pairs. Yeah. Um, which, which by nice. the way, real quick, love the TOC. Love watching the streaming because it's a hundred percent great players instead of uh, watching a U.S. Open. That's eighty percent donkeys. Uh, I, I like watching the good streaming pairs. Oh, I did. You there already, yeah, yeah. You made. Oh, that. I just yeah. wanted. I want to talk about the donkeys. I like talking no, no. about the We donkeys. love dumpster diving. It's here. But this week, there really is no dumpster diving. You, do, you, you, no. you go dumpster diving. Jimmy put it out earlier last night. You find you find goats where you go dumpster diving. It's what, what do you think about that, Mike? PBA needs to monetize the tour. It would be worth an extra $5 a week to hear a specific player. Could you imagine? Uh, I, I want $5 to, to, to hear Chris Barnes, you know, and him curse and swear for, for a whole week. True. You know? No, I do. I, I like the behind the scenes. All right, Rob, uh, we have other topics to get to. Let's keep it moving here. Yeah. Rob, they keep giving us gold on Wednesdays, Rob. Oh, it's always. They, they keep. It's like every. It's like all these Wednesdays in a row. Uh, it's. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's on purpose. So the PBA announced, Rob, earlier today, a new event. Okay. A new worldwide virtual bowling event. Okay. The PBA Bolero Global Rumble. For the for the millions watching at home. Okay. Seventeen countries. Let's right. get ready to rumble. Fifty fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Oh my god. And uh we can we can read about a we can read a little bit about it here, Rob, uh if you want to. Okay. Basically it's Four stages, right? Four stages where in the first stage, uh, bowlers will have two weeks to bowl up to 99 games, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> and their two best scores, right? Their two back to – is it back to consecutive games? Yes. Their two best consecutive games will serve as their qualifying scores for stage one, okay? The, the top 1,000 bowlers in each uh, region in the United States and in the International Conference will advance to the next round. Okay, There's five regions and an international conference. So okay, so wait. So two, hold on. In stage on. two, 6,000 bowlers will then have two weeks to bowl another set of games where their two best consecutive games will get taken. <clears throat> the third stage is down that goes from 6,000 to 240 bowlers. <clears throat> excuse me, where they'll have one week to submit their scores and they'll take the two best consecutive games. And then the grand finale is down to 12 bowlers. Okay. Where they're going to compete for, uh, for the prizes and for the money. Oh my goodness. Okay. Where do I start with this? First off, I'm very skeptical of a tournament like this, just in the fact where just growing up and where I grew up, and I know a lot of people who watch the show know where we, where I grew up in Brooklyn Lanes. Uh, I'm sorry, Gil Hodges Lanes, Brooklyn, New York. Give a shout. Mike, 
I was very, we were very friendly with the lane mechanics. We were very friendly with a lot of, uh, you know, people that worked in the bowling centers, Mike. So first off, why couldn't I tell the lane man, hey, lane man, first off, wall the bejesus out of them. Like, let's, like, I don't give a shit. Wall the freaking lanes up as much as you can, right? But, and then you wall them up, right? And then maybe you tell me, hey, if I win 10 grand, I'll, I'll cut you in a little bit of chop. Now, now I'm going to go out of here and say this, right? I might get some heat for this. What would stop me from having a lane man go in the back, you know, like they used to do with the, uh, <laughs> with the pin thing and knock pins down for me? I mean, who's going to be like regulating me bowling in my <laughs> home house? <laughs> Every round. Every round, your first two games are 300-300. Every, every single round. Look at Robert Mushter. I mean, the guy bowled 900 like three separate times in his home house, right? Yeah, it's All only at participating bowling centers, Bolero centers. Bolero. But, but who's to say that, you know, pe people Dude, know people there. Mike, if you, you bowl at a Bolero center, if you bowl three, four leagues a week and you're there all the time, you're right. going to be friendly with everybody who, who bowl. It's just like you're bowling in your own home center, right? Um, what? How is this? Because lane talk is going to – like the app is going to hook up with the scores, right? And it's going to it's gonna know your scores and you're going to be able to go in there. Uh, and it's – I mean, look, like – I'm skeptical of it. I'm not going to be doing it. I don't. There's. I don't think there's a Bolero Center in Vegas that actually has like a good bowling, uh, like a good place to go. But are people like, going to be entering this, Mike? Like, how much do I have to pay open bowling prices, or is there a special like Royal Rumble like game rate, right, where it's two dollars a game instead of you know nine fifty a game or whatever Bolero charges these days? Hmm. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, all I'm saying is it's a lot of shady stuff. People, how many six hundreds are there going to be, Mike? In a matter, like, <laughs> you know, like if I get to start throwing two balls down the lane at the same time, like, is that can I do that? Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, no, see, here's the thing, Jeff. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to correct score button because the Lane Talk app is going to be hooked up to the Bolero scoring app. Right. So when you bowl the games, the scores are directly going to go to the app. And I would imagine now, Mike, what if I'm bowling and I'm on a triple and a messenger comes and the pin is there and then the machine hits the pin and it, it, it says it's a strike. Who's monitoring that? What if what if that happens to me and I, I, I win 10,000 because of something like that happens? Or what if the foul light isn't on and I'm, I'm going up halfway down the lane and I'm throwing the ball from the arrows? I mean, who's monitoring all this for a $50,000 prize fund? Is it, like, I'm, That's legitimate questions, right? Very, very legitimate, very legitimate. Dude, but. it might cost you ten grand to bowl that many games of bolero. <laughs> ten grand, you're gonna have to bowl like six games. It might cost you ten grand with I mean, food you know, and everything. I mean, all the time you're gonna be spending <laughs> there. It might be, you might have to win the tournament to break even. I know, but there's a lot of questions I have. Who? All I'm saying is, who's monitoring it, right? Like, I, you know, look, I get what they're trying to do. It's a good marketing thing for the app. Right, they probably have a good like partnership with the app. They want people into the bowling center. Uh, I don't know, Mike. You'll have to do it. Can you do it? Can you go do it? 
for like <laughs> I seriously. I don't I'm have serious. time to go and bowl that many games. Two games? I mean, you don't I'll, have the time to bowl two games? Oh no, I'll go and bowl. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do for me to just enter, but Rob, like, yeah. come on, you know that in order to move on, even in the first round, you're going to have to shoot 600 or something close to it. I know, but you have to go just for the show so that you could come back and give us a reporting exactly what happened and how you did. Right. right. But you have to go also, but you have to call the bowling center first and you have to be like, okay, when did you guys oil the lanes? When are they fresh fresh? out shot, fresh out shot. shot. Right. Right. You can't go. You're not going on a Saturday night. Maybe I'll drill a ball just for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to go. I'll definitely have my new grip sack. There's no question about that. Make sure I'll, you know, my grip will be will be uh, proper and dry, uh, because now hopefully what they Rob will send is, me a grip sack or two. I will, uh, so I will. I but Mike, that. you know what they should do is a good promotion that this would be is if they tried to sell it to the open bowlers, right? There's a big sign when you walk in, and maybe for. <laughs> But listen to me here. Listen to me. Hear me out, right? I hear you. I I know exactly where you're going with this. Like four like fraternity brothers, right? I was in a fraternity, right? Walk into the bowling center. It's a Friday night. They're drinking pitchers of beer, and they go up to the counter. And then the front desk person says, "Hey, for an extra, you know, five dollars or ten dollars, five dollars a person." Not even. I think it's the free. free. I think it's free. Yeah. Okay, for an extra, you know, whatever. Just download the app, and if you record your scores, you could win this. Like. Dude, for five dollars or whatever it is to download the app for free, if there's promotion at the counter, you know, there then look if they were there to bowl one game and now maybe you, you're able to upsell them into two games. Like I, I see that being more of a better uh, marketing ploy than uh, a competitive bowler who's going to go in there like me on a fresh house shot and you know probably beat the shit out of them. That if, especially if I've been bowling in that house, you know, it's my whole life. Uh, I so, like John Stevenson's comment of have divisions. That would have been a much better way to do it. Then it really makes it appealing to the house bowler, like the the regular walk-in bowler, Rob, because you could say, well, you're only really competing against other walk-in bowlers, you know, like whatever your average is, you you, you have to be in a certain division, whatever it may be. But you know, I, think, take I think there's definitely some, some room for hey, adjustment there. So. We have to monitor though the scores though. We have to monitor them to see oh what. Oh my it, god! Yeah, you're gonna have to True. see what it takes to make. Maybe it. we'll have some of the people uh, that make it through on. Maybe we'll try and seek them out. I guarantee you that not a lot of people are gonna really know about it. I guarantee you it's gonna take like three eighty to make it through. Oh, like yeah, it's you could. I'm I'm telling you, it's gonna be a lot lower than really what we think. You know, there's only gonna be a select few bowlers that are actually really gonna bowl like, you know keep bowling and you know until they bowl like 550 whatever but are you but, saying you know, this is it are you saying this is my shot is that what you're trying to say rob i'm saying you gotta go and do it you you know i, I you at least try it and, and and go and i guarantee you you'd, you'd be surprised you'd probably make it through a few rounds um if not then just cut the lane man a, a 50 spot have him go in the back with the, the coat hanger and knock some pins that that 10 the trip 10 you know get out every time you throw it <laughs> All right, Rob, it's uh it's everybody's favorite time of the week. Oh, my favorite time. <laughs> Doing some tricks. Uh for those people that might be listening to our podcast, you you really if you're only listening, you really need to take like uh 30 seconds out of your day. 
and look us up on YouTube and go to the end of this show and and just watch the graphic that Rob does for the uh, for the worst of the week. It's amazing. Nice job, Rob. Thanks. I, I guess I it makes me laugh every time. All right, uh, you going first or I'm going first? I think there's there might be a chance we have the same worst of the week here this week. I don't know. No, no I don't okay. think so. I'll All go right. first. Okay. Congratulations. Really, really heartfelt congratulations goes out to Scott Young, who had a post on the Southwest Bowlers message board. This got sent to me, okay? This is what, what it's come down to, people. Now people are sending me worst of the week. Hey, just curious if anyone else has noticed something during the last two shows. Dick Allen is using that small circular chamois to pat his forehead dry and then using it to clean his ball. That would be considered cleaning your ball during play? Question mark. Your thoughts? Just to be clear, I could care less. Just curious if anyone else has noticed it. Mike. Does does Ron Hicklin have competition for new ball cleaner? Is it Dickie Allen's sweat off his forehead? It's kind of gross, though. You know, it's, I mean, could you imagine that? Just oh, dude, <laughs> I, I personally like. It's a pretty good observation. I'll give him that, but I mean, is, was he kind of going on the level? Like, is that a, is that legal? Is that like does that count as ball cleaner? Like, are you cleaning your ball after every shot? If you wipe, I mean, you know what that reminds me of the scene of Major League when he's got the Vaseline on his chest and he's using it to use his curveball. He's like, it gets me an extra three to four drop on my curveball. Yo, yo, Brian McDonough said, "New ball cleaner, dick sweat, <laughs> dick sweat." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Uh, Rob, all right, on to my worst of the week. Robert Hamilton, I hate to disappoint. He said, hashtag free Tim Buck. Tim Buck did not give me any gold this week, uh, I, so I don't have something from Tim Buck this week. Can I say something, though? I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm still going to share something from Tim Buck, but this is not my worst Dick of the week. Sweat. Okay, Dick It's sweat. not my worst of the week, all right? Here's a post from Tim Buck from this week, though. He says, anybody in the group, USBC, Bowlers discussion forum, right? Anybody in the group going to the Southwest Bowling Tournament in Wichita, Kansas, this coming weekend, February 27th and 28th, we are in need of a bowler for singles and doubles Sunday, the 28th at 8.30 a.m. We looked at the sub list. We are just curious. Rob, Rob, do you understand the opportunity that we're missing out on here? Do you understand? Like, we could have been subbing with Tim Buck, okay? You know, anybody who's a fan of the show, if you're in Wichita, Kansas, and you want to sub with Tim Buck and tell him what's up. Uh, wait, wait, let me ask right. you something. But that's not my something. worst of the week. Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the, does Tim Buck put on the score, like on the um the monitor? Is it admin? Admin. Admin, right? So he when he gets up the ball, it just says admin. But that he probably has a bowling shirt. Admin on the back? Like, yep, that's like USBC discussion board. And like admin, okay. Uh, Chris, Chris Lutz in the chat oh, is saying Shit, I could do that. He's Chris. Are you near Wichita, Kansas? Chris, go and sub with Tim Buck and tell him we are giving him worst of the week every single week. He's a legend around here. He is. All He's right? the legend. He's the goat. Okay. He really is the goat. Here, here is my worst of the week. Okay, 
and I gotta say, it fits right in with my theme this week of team theme. You know, uh, your 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 regular, your average house bowlers, even your you know your above average, your better house bowlers, house bowlers in general, really not knowing shit. Here's what it is. This comes from the Hammer Bowling message board, okay, and it's from Scott Bicking. All right, it's his name. Congratulations, Scott. Great honor. Congrats, the worst of the week. Okay, really here's is. the post. So, I went to the dark side and <laughs> bought a. Mo- Are, I'm serious. This is the post. So I went to the dark side and bought a Motive Jackal Legend four weeks ago. Big mistake. Just ordered the Black Widow 2.0. That hits like a hammer. Here's why Scott wins worst of the week. Because it's just, it's a post that just screams to me. You know, house bowlers just don't understand. Didn't, like, come on. Seriously, the, the, you really think the ball matters that much? I went to the dark side and bought a Motive Jackal Legend. Another company is the dark side. I mean, come on, this is a little, this is a little over the top. Well, I mean, you see those guys who are on, who who are on staff where they walk into the bowling center. They have storm bags, storm balls, storm hat, and I'm like, "Are you on storm staff?" And they're like, "No." I'm no. like, "Well, you should drill a like maybe you know there's a good EBI ball that's." Oh no, I, I don't ever drill EBI stuff. Like, why? Like, you know, is, are you getting paid to throw their stuff? You know, are they giving you free shit? No. It's like, man, Feel there's you. some loyal. There is bowlers are loyal too, to a certain extent. They really are. Feel you. you know. Hi, anyway. right, Rob. That's worst of the week for the people. It is. All right, Rob, another good show. Uh, bowling action continues this week. TOC, uh, Sunday, Final Five. I believe it's uh, like 1 o'clock or one thirty Eastern. Uh, so, yeah, we'll definitely be checking that out. Uh, I, You know, my final thoughts are I'm excited to watch the rest of the TOC this week. How about you? Oh, did you lose me? Hello. Did I lose you or what? What happened? I think I lost you again. Oh, I do I have a final thought, though, Rob. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, just want to wish my brother Jeff, who's in the chat, a very happy birthday. His birthday is tomorrow. Uh, enjoy your uh, happy pandemic birthday. birthday. Uh, so happy. And uh, yeah. Uh, Talk to you guys later. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you guys uh, this week. Uh, live Sunday show should be interesting. All right, guys. Peace. Later.
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 